again in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. And I'd like to read this passage uh, beginning in verse 13 here. But I would not have you ignorant, brothers, concerning those who are asleep, that you may not grieve as others who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, so God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain to the coming of the Lord will not precede those who are asleep. For the Lord himself, everybody say himself. The Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet call of God. And the dead in Christ will, raise, will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with him in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we shall be forever with the Lord. Therefore comfort one another with these words. And my goal today is to comfort you with some words from this book. And I think I'll just call this message today, You Have a Bright Future. You have a bright future. You know, the last time I talked to Pastor Rich, I talked to him on the phone. And, uh, you know, he was ill. And I don't know, you know, what sense he had about how long he had left on the earth and so forth. But he told me, he says, Tom, I have a bright future. And I love that. I have a bright future. Amen? And for all of us that are in Christ... You know what? We have a bright future. Amen? We may face some challenges down here. Amen? But in Christ, we have a bright future. Can I have an amen? amen? And so I'd just like to go through some of these scriptures and talk about them and just encourage us in the Lord. It's interesting here in the first verse, he says, I would not have you ignorant. You know, it's good not to be ignorant. Amen. And the only way we can keep from being ignorant is to have Good information from the Word of God. I would not have you ignorant, brothers, concerning those who are asleep. And that is talking about those who have died physically. And there he calls that state asleep. So he's talking about those who have gone before us, those who have died, that you might not grieve as others who have no hope. Now, I don't believe he's saying there that we're not going to grieve because it's just natural to grieve. But we're not supposed to grieve as others. What others? Those who have no hope. Now, the hope he's talking about there, the word in the Greek there is really confident expectation is what it means. Our word for hope is a little weaker. But the, in the Greek, he's, he's talking about a confident expectation of eternal life. When you have a confident expectation of eternal life, you have hope for the future. Amen? And you know, it's really tough when you don't have hope. Amen? Have you been there? When life seems hopeless, it's very, very discouraging. But I've come to tell you that we have hope in Christ for a bright future. Can I have an amen? And so therefore, we do not need to grieve as others. Amen? We do not need to grieve as those who have no hope because we have a hope for a bright future. Can I have an amen? And you know, the saddest funerals 
I've ever seen are those of people who do not know Christ. I remember I was pastoring in Nortonville, North Dakota. You think Ruthen is small. Nortonville is population 50, unless it's gone down by now. And I pastored there in a, in a uh, Methodist church. I actually had two churches when I was there. But there was a man that died in the congregation, and he attended church uh, irregularly, but he attended basically for social reasons and with his family. But everybody knew that he was not a believer. He did not confess Christ. He did not believe the message of the gospel. And he died. And I did his funeral, and it was dead. Because when a person who doesn't know Christ dies, they're dead. And there's no hope for the future. You know, the Bible talks about those who are outside of Christ, they have no hope. They're without God and without hope in this world. And that's where many people are at. I heard this story, this is a true story from a minister about a funeral that he did as he was kind of growing up in the ministry. He was an intern in a church and helped another pastor, and the pastor liked to give him the assignment of doing funerals. And he did one for a family that didn't believe in Jesus, didn't believe in Christ. And it's such a horrid story. He told about how the mother of this young man that had died was so grieved that during the, the funeral, or the, or the uh, visitation, I'm not sure which, she literally crawled into the casket with her son and said, don't leave me, don't leave me. And they had to literally pull her out because there was no hope for the future. But folks, we have hope in Christ. Can I have an amen? We will see our loved ones in heaven. Amen. We will see them when we see Christ because he's coming again, praise God. So Paul's writing to them. He says, I don't want you to be ignorant about the future. I don't want you to be ignorant about what's going to happen. I don't want you to grieve as others who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, how many believe that Jesus died and rose again? In other words, if we believe the message of the gospel, amen, so God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord will not precede those who are asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel and with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. You remember in the book of Acts in the first chapter, you know, Jesus had been with his disciples and he told them to wait in Jerusalem for the promise of the Father. And uh, he told them, you'll receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you'll be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria and the uttermost parts of the earth. And then it said that as the disciples were watching him, that, that Jesus was received up into a cloud. I'm talking about physically. Sometimes we spiritualize things too much. There are things in the Bible that are to be spiritually understood, figuratively, 
But there's things that are literal, and Jesus literally went up into a cloud. You know, he, he died on a cross for our sins as a substitute. They buried him, and then he rose again. And he spent time with his disciples. But then he ascended. And the Bible said that he was caught up into a cloud. And the disciples looked with wonder at that scenario, right? And it says that the angel came and said, what are you looking at so intently? This same Jesus. Everybody say, this same Jesus. This same Jesus who went up into a cloud will come in like manner again. I want you to know, Jesus is coming again. Things will not always be as they are today. There's a change a-coming on this earth, and Jesus the King is returning to this earth. Can I have an amen? amen? And here it says that when Jesus comes, the dead in Christ will rise again. Praise God. Those who are in Christ will rise again. What does it mean to be in Christ? It means to be a believer in Jesus. It means to be born again. It means to give your life to Jesus. Amen. It means that you've entered into relationship with him, and you walk with him, and you are in Christ. The Bible says if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. Oh, I tell you, it's great to be born again. It's great to know the Lord. Amen. I thank God that I know the Lord, and I want to just keep walking with him, amen? Because he's got a bright future for me, amen? And he's got a bright future for you. And I encourage you to keep on walking with the Lord and being faithful to him. So he said, the dead in Christ shall rise first. And then we which remain, okay? We which remain. In other words, those who are on the earth when Jesus comes back, will also be caught up together with him in the clouds, and we will ever be with the Lord. There will be no separation uh, between us and the Lord. We will always be with the Lord. And so we shall forever be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. So these are words of comfort. The Holy Spirit wants us to recognize the truth of these words, that Jesus is coming back for his bride. Can I have an amen? Now, I'd like to go to 1 Corinthians in the 15th chapter, and I want to elaborate a little bit more on this event of the catching up of the saints. Or we could say the resurrection. You know, Jesus rose from the dead, and also his people will rise from the dead. And it tells us in 1 John chapter 3, in the first three verses, he talks about that when we see Jesus, when we see him, we will be like him. So we will have a body that's like Jesus. So if you've got some aches and pains, folks, i got good news for you. <laughs> it's all going away, amen? You're going to have a glorified body, amen? If you're dealing with some things in this old physical body, there's a day coming when you have an eter eternal, immortal body which will have no pain, no sickness, no disease forevermore. Can I have an amen? amen. 
Can somebody say glory to God? Glory to God. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So there will be a, I always think of the, the term RT. Some preacher that I read after used that term RT. Resurrection translation. That's the event we're talking about. The resurrection translation. Amen. Hasn't happened yet. It's coming one day. There will be an RT resurrection translation. Amen. And we will be changed. Amen. He says, it does not yet appear. This is 1 John. It does not yet appear what we shall be. But when we see him, we'll be like him. But Paul, in his letter to the Corinthians, elaborates more on this translation, what it's going to be like on that day. And so I'd like to read this. And I'll begin in uh, 1 Corinthians 15, verse 35. It says, but someone will say, how are the dead raised up? Well, it's a good question. It kind of boggles our mind. How will the dead raise, be raised up? I mean, what about somebody that died 200 years ago? What's their body like? Not much left. What about somebody that was thrown overboard on, on the ocean? Uh, what's their body like? How will the dead, how will the dead be ra raised up? Well, God knows. How many know God's able? Amen. Amen? All right. How are the dead raised up? With what body do they come? You fool! What you sow is not made alive unless it dies. When you sow, you do not sow the body that shall be, but bear kernel. So he's talking about you farmers would recognize this and well, those of us that garden, you put a seed in the ground, amen? It has life in it, but you put it in the ground, it dies, it rots, and then out of it comes life, amen? So he's talking about, it's kind of like a seed. You plant it, dies, and then it grows again. Perhaps a wheat or some other grain. Then God gives it a body as he pleases. Everybody say, he pleases. And to each seed, its own body. All flesh is not the same flesh. There's one kind of flesh of men, another flesh of beasts, another fish, another of birds. There's also celestial bodies and terrestrial bodies. In other words, those in, those in the uh, universe, in the, in the uh, atmosphere and beyond, the celestial bodies beyond the, beyond the atmosphere, and terrestrial bodies, things of earth. The glory of the celestial is one, the glory of the terrestrial is another. So he's talking about differences. Everybody say differences. Everybody say differences. There's one glory of the sun and another glory of the moon, another glory of the stars. One star differs from another in glory. So also is the resurrection of the dead. The body is sown in corruption. Everybody say corruption. But it is raised in incorruption. Now, okay, what's corruption? Well, corruption is if you're uh, cooking... Uh, some chicken, all right, right, Ivan and Levon, you cook some chicken, and you cut that tail off because it's just a bunch of fat anyway or whatever else that's on there, some skin, and you throw it in the trash, right, and you don't take the trash out for a day or two, right, that's corruption. That smell that comes out of the trash, that's corruption. That's what happens to our body. That's what happens to our bodies. Our bodies are subject to Corruption, amen. Once the life goes out of them, they die and rot. That's what he's talking about. It is sown in dishonor, is raised in glory. 
I mean, I'm talking about a much higher state of life than we have experienced on this earth. It is sown in dishonor and is raised in glory, okay? So it is a glorified body. As I said, it will be like Jesus. He had a glorified body. The disciples saw him physically, amen? He ate, he drank, and he walked through walls, amen? I mean, it was a different state of life than what we have now, amen? And that's what's coming in your future, Sean. That's what's for you in the days to come, Maria. Hallelujah! You'll have a glorified body, amen? Uh, And... Romans 8, I believe it's 26, comes to mind. It talks about the the adoption to wit, the redemption of our body. So when we come to Jesus, we're redeemed spiritually. Our spirit is alive unto God, okay? But when this event happens, our body will also be redeemed. The redemption to wit, the redemption of our body. The adoption to wit, the redemption of our body is coming. It is sown in weakness. How many feel weak? Anybody ever feel weak sometimes? <laughs> Praise God. Well, I, won't, I don't want to make a negative confession. <laughs> but I wish I had some more energy sometimes. Can I have an amen? amen? It is sown in weakness, but is raised in power. No weakness on that day. It's sown in natural body, It's raised a spiritual body. There is a natural body and there is a spiritual body. So he's talking about the difference. So it is written, the first man, Adam, was made a living soul. The last Adam was made a life-giving spirit. However, that which is spiritual is not first, but the natural, then the spiritual. The first man was of the earth, made of dust, and the second man was the Lord from heaven. So he's he's talking now about Adam, the first Adam, okay, the first man, Adam, and that's who we're connected to. That's where our body came from. He's our ancestor. But in this new translation, in this time of resurrection, we will be of the second man, the second Adam, amen, and that's Jesus Christ. And the difference is he is a life-giving spirit, As was the man of dust, so are those who are of the dust. Well, the scripture says, dust to dust, right? So we go back to the dust. And those who are of the dust, and and those who are of the dust, and as is the man of heaven, all right, so are those who are of heaven. So in that day, we will be of heaven. We will be like Jesus fully. As we have borne the image of the man of dust, so we will also bear the image of the man of heaven. Now this I say, brothers, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does corruption inherit incorruption. Now listen. Verse 51. Listen. Everybody say, listen. I show you a mystery, a hidden truth that Paul is bringing out. Now, listen, I, I, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. Remember when we read in First Thessalonians, the dead in Christ shall rise first, right? 
but those who remain. When Jesus comes back, there's going to be Christians on the earth, amen? And those Christians will not see death. Glory to God. And I tell you, the time is drawing closer. We might make it. Susan, we might make it. We might have to skip the grave because Jesus is coming back, amen? And at that moment, those who remain will be caught up with the Lord. And those who remain will be changed into this new state we're talking about. They will have glorified bodies, amen? Praise God. But no worries, either way, we're going to have the glorified body. Amen. How's God going to do it? I don't know. God can do it. Praise God. He can make it. But there will be a connection between the body that we have now and the body to come. It won't be the same, but there will be a connection. It will be a glorified form of what you have. It will be, I don't want to say rematerialized because it's a spiritual body. I don't know. I don't understand it all, but it's coming, and it's going to be good, and it's still going to be you. You're not going to be just uh, some angel floating on a cloud, amen? You're still going to be Ivan and Levon. You know, you're still going to be Sandy and Paul. You're going to be people, amen, but you're going to have a glorified body. Can somebody say praise the Lord? And when's it going to happen? In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye. Better be ready. Better be ready. One place he says, I'm coming like a thief in the night. Amen? He says, be ready. What about that servant that said, oh, my Lord delays in his coming. I'm just going to go and live like the world. I'm going to beat the servants. I'm going to eat and drink. I'm going to be like the world. Amen. You know, and then he comes like a thief in the night. Better be ready. Amen. Keep yourself sanctified. Amen. Be ready for the coming of the Lord. He's coming for a spotless bride. Amen. He's coming for a people that are living by faith in his, in the work of the cross and the blood of Jesus. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead will be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible will put on incorruption, and this mortal will put on immortality. When this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, then this mortal shall have put on immortality. Then the saying that is written shall come to pass, death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your sting? O grave, where is your victory? You see, when that person, that body goes to the grave, that's not the end of the story if they're a Christian. There's still victory for the child of God. There's always victory for the child of God. Amen? O death, Where is your sting? O grave, where is your victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory. How? Through our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus is the way into this victory. Jesus is the way into life. Therefore, my beloved brethren at the country church, be steadfast. I believe you're doing that. Unmovable always abounding in the work of the Lord. Keep having those barn revivals. Keep reaching out. Keep preaching the gospel, amen. Keep loving one another. Keep walking in the will of God, amen. Keep on keeping on, amen. And I was hearing this morning about how 
different ones now are stepping up to the plate and just keeping things rolling. Amen. And I thank God for that. Always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Can I have an amen? All right, now I want to share just a few verses in uh, 2 Corinthians, just a few pages over. 2 Corinthians. And the sixth verse, 2 Corinthians, the fifth chapter, and the sixth verse. Therefore, we are always confident, knowing that while we are at home in the body. How many are at home in the body? This is it. (laughs) This is what we got, folks. (laughs) We're at home in the body. But we are always confident knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from uh, from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. So that's why we share these scriptures, so we can have faith. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. We need to hear what the word of God says about our future. We're absent from the Lord, so now we walk by faith. We're talking about things we're not seeing with our physical eyes, so we walk by faith, not by sight. Verse 8, instead I say that we are confident and willing, and willing, we say willing, willing to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. We have a friend in North Dakota, Susan and I do, and she's, she wants to be with the Lord. She, that's what she would really like to do. <laughs> she's had some health issues and and not only that, she just loves Jesus. She wants to be with the Lord. But the Lord keeps telling her, no, not time. Because <laughs> she's got to minister to her family. She's got things to do on earth. Amen. Paul said in Philippians chapter 1, he says, for me to live is Christ, but to die is gain. So when our loved ones die in Christ, it's a gain. It's, it's a graduation for them into a higher realm of life. And he says, I say we are confident and willing to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. So whether present or absent, we labor that we may be accepted by him, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive his recompense in the body, or as the King James says, for what he did in the body, according to what he has done whether it was good or bad. So it says we'll all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Now, this is not the, what they call the white throne judgment. This is not where, when the wicked are judged. But every Christian will, be, will come before the Lord and be judged for what he did in his body. And there are rewards. Jesus taught that. So there will be a time when we see the Lord and there will be a judgment. But this is not the judgment of the wicked here. We're talking about the judgment of of the body for what we did in our body. But the thing I want you to see here mainly is to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So when a Christian dies, they go to be with the Lord. Amen. 
And then there's this future event, which we've been talking about this morning, the resurrection translation. That's when our body is redeemed. So spiritually, as I read this, when you die, your spirit goes to be with the Lord. You return to the Lord. But then you wait (laughs) until the time when Jesus comes back. Then he will, it says he will bring you with him. Your body will be raised. And those who are here will be translated also to meet the Lord in the air. And the word air there, by the way, is that Greek word means the lower atmosphere. So it's not necessarily you're going to be off in the stratosphere somewhere. And there's different opinions about what's going to happen then and before and all that. I'm not going to get into all the theories. But I just want us to know that when you die, you're going to be with the Lord. And when he comes again, you'll be risen. Your body will be risen, praise God. And we will be gathered unto him. Can I have an amen? All right, now, just one more couple passages here. In the 14th chapter of John, And I want you, first of all, to look at John 14, verse 15. John chapter 14, verse 15. If you love me, how many love Jesus? Keep my commandments. I will pray the Father, and he will give you another counselor. King James says, comforter. The word in the Greek is parakletos. It's the Holy Spirit. He will give you the Holy Spirit. When you choose to obey Jesus, when you choose to obey God, he gives you the Holy Spirit. Every believer has the Holy Spirit. There is also a baptism of the Holy Spirit, which is when you're just totally immersed in the Holy Spirit. But every Christian has the Holy Spirit in them. The Bible said if you don't have the Holy Spirit, you're not his. When you accept Jesus, the Holy Spirit comes in and bears witness that you're a child of God. He says, I will will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor, comforter, standby, strengthener. This is what the Amplified says. All these different functions, different things that the Holy Spirit does. The parakletos, he's with you, okay? So think of this, the scenario here. Jesus is preparing his disciples for his departure, And they were going to be alone. They had been with him for three years, walking on the earth physically, seeing the miracles, basking in his love and fellowship and companionship. And the time was coming when he was going to be gone. He says, well, obey the Father, Father, make a decision, and I'll send the comforter. I'll send Parakletos. All right? That he may be with you off and on. No, forever. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, for it does not see him. The world goes by what they can see. Neither does it know him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. So the Holy Spirit lives in you. I will not leave you fatherless. I will come to you. So some of you, you... You're hurting. 
Your pastor's gone. Your husband's gone. Jesus was gone. There's a parallel, right? They were grieving. Peter was upset when he told them he was going to die. Don't do it, Jesus. You know, it's tough. But in Jesus' ministry, he says, I'm not going to leave you fatherless. King James there again uses the word comfortless. The word in the Greek is orphanos. I'm not going to leave you like an orphan. These are words of comfort. These are words of help. These are words of hope. These are words of strength. The Holy Spirit is still with you. And I just encourage you to draw upon him. Amen? He's your comforter. He's your counselor. You are not alone. You are never alone. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Amen? And I know we face tough things in life, you know. Susan and I have faced some tough things in life. But I want you to know the Holy Spirit's never left us. Amen? And so you need to just stay in that place of drawing on him. Jesus said, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for you will find rest to your soul. You know, life can be a struggle, it can be tough, but the Lord's there to help you, to comfort you. Amen. Draw on him. Draw on his presence. Talk to him. Uh, Let the Holy Spirit bring you that comfort. Let him be like a father. He'll not leave you as orphans. And then finally, in the first part of this same chapter, Jesus tells us how to come into this, into heaven, to heaven, and to all the things that he has for us in our bright future. John 14, verse 1, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. So he's talking to Jewish people. They believed in God. Now, guys, believe in me. Believe in Jesus. God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son that whoever, what? Believes in him. Amen. That's talking about trusting him. It's talking about saving faith. Amen. I remember when, uh, when the, uh, I think it was the eunuch, the Ethiopian eunuch asked Philip, uh, what does hinder me from being baptized? He said, if you believe with all your heart, you may. We need to believe on Jesus with all our heart. Amen? And I I believe that involves a receiving Jesus for all he is as Lord and Savior. Praise God. I know in my life that's that's when the change occurred, when I received him as Lord, when I said yes to him. So this belief... It's faith in him, it's trust in him, it's following him, all kind of together. So you believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you, I'm going to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. Hallelujah. You know where I'm going and you know the way. Thomas said to him, this, this is not Tom Shanklin, this is another Thomas. This is doubting Thomas. I'm believing Thomas. Let's get this right. Thomas said to him, Lord, do not, we do not know where you're going. And how can we know the way? 
Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man can come to the Father but by me. Folks, you can't come to God by being good enough. Amen? <laughs> the harder you try, <laughs> the less it works. <laughs> all, your, all our righteousness is like filthy rags. We've got to come to Jesus. We've got to receive his forgiveness. We've got to believe in what he did on the cross as a substitute for our sins. Amen? That's where it's all at. That's where the Holy Spirit comes. That's where the hope of eternal life comes. That's where the knowledge of our salvation comes. It's by putting our trust in Jesus. Amen. And following him all the way to heaven. Praise God. So I hope we've encouraged you. God has a good plan for you. He has a great plan for this church. Amen. And you have a bright future. <laughs>